2: Yes. That's right. Infidels. You found us here. Channelattitude.com. Hamin Media Group, where you get the most real talk
0: the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from aew and wwe impact and more because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at hmg so you don't need to go anywhere else because there's no five stars here there's only five dollar face slaps infidel hello
3: welcome
0: So sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO!
4: (laughs) This is what you've missed on the Video Game Connection Podcast love the opinion have her on Twitch bro what's up dude man thanks for coming on dude you know
1: hey man it's a, it's, it's a, I appreciate it. and it's a, nice to meet you Ivan hey
2: ivan uh up, do you know how hard this man worked to get me on this show do you have any idea <laughs>
5: no, no clue man
2: no clue okay, no. Right. well this 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 process has started what months ago He's like he's he's been just spamming my playstation <laughs> inbox well, okay. telling me to always listen to his podcast okay that listen listen to and he didn't even know it because he just assumed i didn't so he's sending me yay, yeah, here's the new here's okay. the link to the new show you know i was thinking about should i just ghost homeboy <laughs> <and> just not, <laughs> not ever because he's trying too hard man well,
4: something's up <laughs> So tune in and don't miss out on the Video Game Connection Podcast. Now, a video podcast. Peace out. You're listening to the
0: Video Game Connection. Arrival here in AEW sent shockwaves not just through the women's division, through everything. Taz through pro wrestling, for, you, you can say it for sure. She definitely did. Soraya, worldwide big time star, million dollar smile, massive ovation for her here in Boston. Soraya, of course, Team Florence Pugh. But what will she have to say? here tonight when she is face-to-face with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Not gonna have to wait long to find out. I'm gonna start with this, Soraya, you mentioned that you had something you wanted to tell all of us and you wanted to tell Dr. Britt Baker face-to-face. You are face-to-face, what do you have to say?
6: First of all, I bet you guys are really wondering what's happening with me now. Am I cleared? Am I not cleared? Am I gonna wrestle? Am I not gonna wrestle? I will let you know, though. A couple of weeks ago, I took MRIs, I did X-rays, I did CT scans, and, um... Unfortunately... For Brit...
0: Oh, boy. 100%
6: 100% cleared!
0: Whoa! That's big news! That is big news! The emotion taking over Soraya! Soraya obviously... AEW
6: is my house!
0: Overwhelmed! And that is... Um, that is even more shockwave. I'm telling you!
7: Than an AEW fan, so you're clear. What what does that even mean? Do you do you know how to do this? Do you still know how to do this? You're clear. No, no, no. We aren't clear, Soraya. You have been coming after me since the day you got here. And why is that? I think I know. I think I got it. So let me know if this is clear. I built AEW from the ground up until it became a fortress that wrestlers like you, no, 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 that superstars like you wanted to move into, and I'm damn proud of that. Hide, turns into resentment very quickly when you have the audacity to skip in here and call it your house because it's funny I don't recall you laying a single brick and I understand I finally I get it I know why you're obsessed with it's because I'm everything you wish you could have been. And if you think if you think I'm lying, if you if you think that's not true, let me remind you: you left your house and walked into mine. And Soraya, I regret to inform you that we don't take walk-ins. So, bitch, make an appointment.
0: (laughs) Damn. (laughs) That was stiff. (laughs) This thing is heating up, man.
6: You know, I think it's really cute you put yourself on a pedestal considering you got handed your position by Tony Khan. You got fed a bunch of QTs trainees. And you've only been in front of the camera for three years, sweetheart. I've been in this business for 30, 17 years professionally. You don't know what it takes to be a superstar. You don't know what it takes to even be a star! I traveled up and down the UK and all over Europe for free because I love this business! I got hit by a car and wrestled the same day because I love this business! I handed out wrestling resumes to promoters and got turned down for the sheer fact that I was female! You have no idea what it takes to make it. Because I was starting revolutions before they were a trend and before wrestling was even a twinkle in your eye. I've done Madison Square Garden, I've done the O2, I've done the Tokyo Dome, and now I'm in front of an ungrateful bitch. You don't know what it takes, Britt! I've been publicly humiliated in front of millions of people! I battled my drug addiction publicly! I've given my career and my neck for this business! You don't have a clue what it takes to make it. But here you go Britt, here's another opportunity handed to you on a silver platter. This is gonna be my comeback story and this is gonna be your biggest match of your career. It's gonna be you versus me at Full Gear. Whoa!
0: <laughs> damn! Oh! Wow! Britt's in shock here. I'm not sure I've ever seen Britt Baker speechless. As She's spe- i <laughs> She's never seen a speechless. Oh, Britt! Try for the cheap shot, Soraya! Uh-oh! Uh-oh! Soraya has Britt up, and oh god! Oh! And the road to full gear just got a whole lot more interesting. Two major things coming out of this deal that we just witnessed. She is cleared. Soraya is back. She is cleared to compete. And the other big news, full gear. Hit it, buddy. (laughs) Soraya making her debut, her in-ring debut. Saturday, November 19th at full gear, and it will be against Dr. Britt Baker. DMD. This is huge. I'm telling you, man, that was explosivity at its best
5: right there. What we just witnessed. That was wild, man. Well,
8: top guy in professional wrestling. So to prove myself to you, to get my respect, I tried to pick a fight with you. And that did not go well. That did not go well at all. You tortured me. You physically tortured me, brutalized me, kicked the hell out of me. And it pissed me off, because I found out exactly where I was on the food chain. And it drove me to work harder and train harder and to grow and evolve and one day come back and get my revenge and when I got another shot at you, I made it count If you remember, I knocked you out with the knee to the face and ripped your ear off the side of your head You do remember that And you told me then as you finally took me under your wing you said, and now the real work begins Now, who does that young, impetuous kid remind you of, Sir William? It reminds us of young Maxwell Jacob Friedman, whom I will face at full gear for the AEW World Championship. Now, I first wrestled MJF well over a year ago, probably the summer of 2020, he challenged me AEW World Championship and he thought he had it all figured out back then. He thought this was his time. So I beat the hell out of him. I bloodied him up and I sent him packing. I let him know exactly where he stood in the pecking order. But now all these months later he's come back around again for another shot. So the question is, what's gonna be different this time? I mean, who is MJF? It's hard to figure out. He seems to be having some kind of existential identity crisis right now. Who exactly is MJF? We know the MJF that he shows to the world. He dresses very nice. He wears a fake diamond ring. He wears clothes his mom bought for him as JC Penney. He wants to put on the air of somebody rich and successful. He talks the talk of a big-time world champion pro wrestler, the kind he wants to be, but dude, I actually am a multi-millionaire, multi-time world champion, so you, you can't fool me. I ain't buying it. He calls himself a pillar, even though he has no idea what it feels like to have any weight on his back. What's more amusing, Because MJF calls himself, the devil. The devil, he really does. MJF calls himself, the devil. Dude, I have seen the devil. I have met the devil. I have looked into his eyes. I have met some very bad people, in some very bad places. Seen some bad people do some very bad things, dude. You are not bad. You are not bad at all. Now I want you, as William Regal wants you to fulfill your potential one day and put this company on your back. We are, after all, teachers. You can do your song and dance in the lead up to Full Gear. You can talk your trash, do your dog and pony show. I'm not worried about that at all. I'm worried about what you've got in your guts because I'm gonna bring it out of you. When you step into the ring in your hometown in Newark, New Jersey in Full Gear, just remember one thing. Everything you've done up to this point has been easy. John Moxley
0: ready for the fight ahead of him at full gear Saturday, November 19th on pay-per-view. And now, the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition, is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Christopher Don't
2: change 1997, un formidabile anno di sole per vecchi e giovani. Quello che sentite in sottofondo è un vecchio sound mixato tutto per voi. Sì, sí, molti sicuramente avranno già riconosciuto questo motivo. E ora, prima di interrompere il titolo, ci tappiamo la bocca e alziamo il volume a tutto gas.
1: Los niños del parque.
4: hello everyone and welcome to the pwc wednesday night skirmish i'm your host jimmy t and my co host he's back he's part of the og pwc double headers man i mean it's the it's the awesome twosome it is not only mr ambs not only is he known for the bullshit in the morning but you know what to me right now He's playboy Chris Ames <laughs> Welcome back to the Wednesday Night Skirmish And what's crackalacking my friend How's things man?
9: Well, thanks a lot Jimmy Yeah things are good um, Hey I like the new music um, <laughs> You know what Thank it you. actually reminded me of As I was listening to it just now Was um, something that I watched recently On uh, on, on TV um, I rewatched the original Blade movie With Wesley ah. Snipes A fucking great movie dude Absolutely was- great movie when I and was I know like what song 12, you're talking about too. when I was like 12, that was my favorite fucking movie. I loved that goddamn movie when I was a kid. And uh, yeah, man, it's great, great, great tune. Um, it makes me just want to see like a whole bloodbath of vampires getting <laughs> burned into crisps. Uh, things are good with me, Jimmy. I am. Uh, I feel like Playboy is a is an apt nickname, but I feel like there's a whole bunch that could that could be used for me right now. You could call me black eyed peas because all i seem to ever have time for is run in run in and <laughs> run, in, run in and run in, run in. <laughs> and uh, fuck man um <laughs> i guess you could also call me i you know vanilla ice um because we had our, our first snowstorm yesterday here up uh, up where i'm from in canada and i had to plow all fucking day so we're wow. back to that
4: it is the and plow.
9: I'm plowing
4: I'm <laughs> and then I'm fucking plowing. Wow. Well, instead running, of the check off hour, it is the plow off hour with Playboy Chris Ams <laughs> right here on the PWC network. He's plowing, all right. And I mean, <laughs> Mazo Chris the plowman Ambs.
9: That's, uh, <laughs> that's apparently what I'm doing. <laughs>
4: Plowing and running, I don't know. Plowing and running, I like it, I like it. It's all good
9: exercise.
4: It's very good exercise, as a matter of fact, it's better than watching this shit, and I'm talking about (laughs) friggin' AEW Dynamite. Alright, look, it wasn't too bad of a show, but I'll be honest with you, Chris, I was in and out of consciousness (laughs) watching (laughs) this shit, I'm not gonna lie, Yeah it is what it is but what yeah, hey man, say, Chris? I,
9: I, I will say like, it, it wasn't a bad episode it wasn't like the worst episode but I mean I'd probably rather re-watch Blade like, <laughs> really.
4: oh, oh that's a stinger dude for, for you just saying that dude I mean heck it ain't no fun if Chris Ames is having it all but I mean shit god damn it Chris well, unfortunately for for us, and I guess not unfortunately for the viewers or the listeners, we had to watch this uh, AEW Dynamite. And uh, where were we coming from? The Agnes Center in Boston, Massachusetts. Apparently, they want to be tough guys, according to Christian. Well, that was Up on in Up in Boston, Everybody was
9: parking their car and Harvard yard.
4: Yeah, I mean, can I call them wanna be Aussies, sort of? I mean, certain words, the way they say car is how we say car. I mean, that's how they say it, man. I mean, whatever, everything like that with words kind of like that, it ends like that. Like, bar, car, laugh. Like, what
9: the hell's up with Boston, bro? Boston's a very strange city, um, <laughs> but it's like a weird mix of like an Italian and Irish accent, which is not what you expect, but...
4: Yeah, interesting. Well, we got our first comment of the evening, and Facebook user says, I surprisingly really liked the main event. You could tell Brian was teaching Sammy how to tell a story, sell, and psychology. Yes, I was about to say that because, well, I was going to say that in the main event, but you already spoiled it for us. But that's exactly what I was going to say. He, huh? was, he actually knew, and for the first time ever in AEW, I'm telling you, man, he told the story in the ring and he gave us some psychology. Look, oh, that's spot on. It's
9: dead set true, Chris, and, and Facebook user is correct. Brian Danielson is just straight up one of the best wrestlers in the world, and he he really reminds me. I know he was trained by Shawn Michaels, but he really reminds me of and Brett. Regal. Like he really yeah. reminds me of Brett. He's. He, he does He's so giving in the ring He gives people more than sometimes they deserve Like I don't think Sammy Guevara Should have been this competitive against Daniel Bryan No I but, agree yeah But he's so good at telling a story And he just seems like the kind of guy Who's probably just fucking awesome backstage too You know
4: Oh no doubt about it man If you can't learn from fucking Bryan Danielson You're a fucking idiot I'm straight up, and I'm, look, and I'm looking at you, Hangman Butterfly Page. Fuck that guy,
9: man. That guy's so <laughs> fucking stupid. I, I mean, I mean we don't bro. need to take advice. Shut the fuck up, man. You should always be taking advice. If, you, if you're if you 60 years old and you think that you know everything, you might as well crawl in the fucking grave already. Just go. You might as well. Just
4: go. I mean, he is pretty much in the grave already. I mean, he did fucking knock himself out, Chris.
9: What a fucking tool. Yeah, I don't need to learn anything.
4: <laughs> oh. oh! Before we continue on, though, did you know it was our... You know, he's not only my friend, he's your friend, he's all of our friends, but Mr. Dr. Jeff Liman's birthday is today, as, as a matter of fact.
9: Yeah. Well, Feliz Cumpleaños, uh, amigo.
4: Yeah. Polar. I guess that means happy birthday in Spain. In Spanish and Greek. There you go. There you, there you go. go, Jeff. You get it twice. It's so nice you get it twice in two different languages because we're bilingual here at the PWC. Anyway, let's get back to fucking business. Um, but yeah, like what the, what we were saying, what the what the person in Facebook chat also mentioned is spot on. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll talk more once we reach the main event. But Chris. Let's start off with the show opening up with the Boys, Austin and Colton Gunn and Swerve in our glory holes in Limitless Keith Lee and Shane Swerve Strickland versus FTR in Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood and the acclaimed in Anthony Bowens and Max Castor. And to say there was a lot of fucking scissoring going on is an understatement, man.
9: There was a lot of scissoring. There was a lot of... uh, I mean, this was... (laughs) This was an eight-man tag match. I mean, what do you, what can you really say about it? It was an eight-man tag match. Um, people were doing a lot to get their shit in. Um, this I, match I, bored I me, I still, dude.
4: Straight up. What's that? This match absolutely bored me. It went for way too long, bro.
9: Yeah, I think that it, it went way too long, too. Um I do. I mean, I love FTR and the acclaimed. Like, we've been singing the praises of the acclaimed since way before they were popular. Absolutely. it's nice to see that they're popular now, but I I would also kind of like to see them develop a little bit. Like, a little bit. Yeah, I don't need them to... (laughs) Like, I mean, listen, the scissoring thing, they should keep doing it because it gets a fucking great reaction. Keep doing it. Of course. But but... I just mean, like, add something to the repertoire. You know what I mean? Like, do something on top of the scissoring and, you know, what they're doing, but it's good. Um, The guns are surprisingly crisp, um, given given that like although they've been active for a while, they're not working every single day, day in, day out. Um, I actually oh, wow. think that they're a tag team to look out for in the future. I think they're gonna be a really good uh, heel tag team moving forward.
4: Oh no, absolutely. They should become realistically maybe one of the best tag teams in aew, to be honest, yep. right mm-hmm. But I just I don't think they know what to do with them. first of all, if they're not in a match They're in the crowd Acting as fucking Mark Tards For whatever reason So right? they blend That's in the
9: Completely with the AEW crowd
4: They they totally blend in And you know what Goes through my head now With all these scissors Everywhere All the time Is this Chris Seriously I mean Seriously Why If AEW was smart Chris Chuck Palumbo Ain't doing shit I believe
9: I really I don't mean, know how they're dropping the ball with this. Like, that would be the that would be the most satisfying for so many people. So many wrestling fans would get dude. it
10: and they would love it.
9: Seriously,
4: tell me that wouldn't be so over right now in 2022.
9: Yep. Honestly. Yeah, man. This is this is what I brought up the last time I was on the skirmish. Like, fucking dude. hire Chuck Colombo. Do it. It'll. It, fuck, man. So many people will love it. Oh man, I wouldn't even be down for it. It worked back then, and it was
4: controversial back then. Mm-hmm. But right now, especially with fucking the acclaim, it just goes hand in hand, bro. It I would mean, be perfect.
9: You I have mean, Chuck Palumbo come out and just be like, they're actually my kids and I'm taking <laughs> custody or whatever. Like, He doesn't even have to do anything physical. Just have him come back and be there as a character. <laughs> it would be really funny. And for those of us who have been following wrestling for a long time, it would give it would give us a huge pop. Like it,
4: it would, would be good. it fucking would. It really would. I mean, I would laugh at this shit right now. It would be absolute gold. TK, you got deep fucking pockets. I'm sure Chuck doesn't need much moolah to come buy. Him onto a Harley. Your show.
9: Buy him a buy Harley, they'll come out. I, I guarantee
4: you. I wanna see it one more time. In AEW, it would be funny along the acclaim. I mean, come on, and they yeah, they're both the fathers of the acclaim. There's no mothers. It's yep. just they're the fathers.
5: Yep.
4: They're daddy <laughs> they're and dad. Daddy. daddy and dad. I mean, it would be it would be brilliant, man. But I doubt they'll ever do it, man. But it,
9: how can they not? I mean, seriously. I don't know. I really don't know how you can not do that with this. Like, especially like you said, with everything around these guys, and the acclaimed, and who they are, who they actually are, you know what I mean? Like, it's sitting right there, and it would be fucking great. (laughs) It fucking would. It really would. We probably didn't... Oh, we got a comment, hang on.
4: We do have a comment in the chat, that we should have brought him in as fake Mr. (laughs) Razz. That would have been awesome, for the X reunion. That would be fucking brilliant. See yes. what I mean? Don't we have such smart fucking listeners, dude? Dude.
9: I mean, I, seriously. Between us and the people who listen to this show, like honestly, we would make wrestling so much fun. Like we we, we really would book better than TK. Like we like,
4: fucking really would. And it's not hard, man, to make something like turn chicken shit into literally fucking classic gold, man. Yep. You know what I mean? But unfortunately they don't see it that way. Hopefully they prove us wrong, and if they do, then they were listening to us. I'm telling you. Yeah,
9: I mean, if they do, good on them. But, I mean, I have definitely gotten to the point now with AEW where I just – I throw out brilliant ideas, and I know they're going to go nowhere because TK didn't think of them, so. Damn,
4: unbelievable. Well, anyway, FTR and the Acclaim end up winning by pinfall with a lateral press from Anthony Bowens on Austin Gunn. And we also had some dissension with uh, glory in our glory holes, whatever the fuck they're called. Um, uh, I mean, really, Keith Lee is that uptight, bro. <laughs> like, seriously.
9: I don't know. And again, maybe it's just me, and I know I'm going to catch some flack for this every time I say it. I don't find Keith Lee to be entertaining at all. Like, he's a big guy. He can do some pretty impressive stuff. But I really don't care. He's, he's he's so uninteresting on the microphone. Like, at least Bret Hart, you know, because people say, like, oh, Bret couldn't cut a promo. Eh. Eh. Bret sold tickets. Bret sold tickets better than anyone, like, basically before anyone before him in Europe and in, you know, India and in Canada and in every other country other than the United States. Bret Hart sold more tickets than literally any a WWE champion until very recently so the guy could sell tickets which is the point of a fucking promo it's not to make you laugh it's to make <laughs> you buy tickets
4: Right? Um,
9: no you're right so it's true Keith Lee though just does nothing for me like at all I don't care this, this whole like can they coexist like I'm so fucking tired <laughs> of that fucking conversation I know it's a trope in wrestling and it's something that people have like it's a trope because it works right it actually works to push story forward sometimes right but it's like come up with something interesting to do on top of it or or you know in tandem with it
4: I agree and just quietly uh I just want to touch on what you said about Bret Hart I don't understand the the notion of Bret Hart being a bad promo sure Back in the day when he was in the Hart Foundation, I'm talking about the tag team, not the stable, Mm -hmm. with Jimmy and Vonati Hart. Yeah, that's when he was that vanilla type fucking promo talk, but he didn't have to do a serious promo back then, really. You know what I mean?
9: No, and he had Jimmy Hart as a manager. Like, why do you need to cut a promo if Jimmy Hart's your fucking manager? (laughs) Um, No, and I mean, you know, recently, since we're talking about, you know, since we're talking about Brett, like, uh, did you see the tweet from Road Dog?
4: Yes, and that irked me bad, dude. I get what he means, and I think it's sort of blown out of proportion. But I and I do understand where he's coming from when he says sports entertainer. Yeah, like, but but he chose words where it's designed to fuck with the dumb market that won't understand any better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's here's smart the in the way he put it. But yeah, really but I listen, get what he like, means. If
9: you are a better sports entertainer than Brett than Bret Hart, then that just shows me that sports entertainment is shit. And nobody <laughs> should fucking care about it, because oh, you didn't know. I mean, listen, I like Road Dog. I'm not saying he wasn't fun. He was, but all he was was fun. Nobody bought a ticket to see Road Dog. Eh,
4: I mean, at one point, him and fucking you know Mr. Ass, mm-hmm. we're pretty over for a tag team man. Then you, yeah, they were
9: pretty over in the same way. But I mean, it's the exact same thing as Enzo and Cass. Nobody bought a ticket so that they could see Enzo and Cass they bought their ticket for the main event angles And then when Enzo and Cass came out and did their shtick everyone loved it. It's the same thing with Road Dog He's the guy that gets people hyped. He did a good job of that. I'm not saying he's a crap entertainer. He's good, but
4: (laughs) Well speaking of Billy and Chuck, if you know what I mean, I mean if you're one of those morons out there that we used to go to school and after watching yeah, Road Dog giving it doggy style on another male, then you've got fucking problems. I'm just saying because that was not cool. I don't even know why they were trying to make it out like it was cool to do it doggy style. No. With another male.
9: It's not. And also it's, I mean it's not. Also it I mean inviting, failing, huh? Inviting other men to <laughs> you know put your phallus in their mouth is not a <laughs> Also nothing not wrong cool. With that? No, no, no. Nothing there's something not... wrong with that. Is there like, is? I mean, there's nothing like wrong with it. I don't, 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 don't misquote me here, okay? T Y T or anything, but like, Whoa. Whoa. but like, you know, that's kind of gay. And I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying
4: it's kind of gay. <laughs> it, it is gay. It's very poofy, as a matter of fact, Chris. It's pretty poofy.
9: Yeah, I mean, if you're a guy and you let another guy, <laughs>
4: then oh shit, yes.
9: Yeah, you might you uh, might be a little puffy with
4: other males. Actually, that doesn't that doesn't make sense. Schwinkta pumping. Actually, that just does make little, sense. I've just a little there. puffy. <laughs> a little puffy, a little puffy like Road Dog, Jesse James. Just just saying. Exactly. <laughs> so if he wants to call himself a better sports entertainer, eh, not quite. I mean, maybe no. better gay entertainer. I mean, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> But whatever it is uh, to wrap this all
9: up shut up road dog
4: yeah exactly but i do get what he meant that's that's what i'm saying he wasn't technically saying he was a better wrestler than Bret hart but that's what you thought initially
9: no but even then he was like he was like oh like i thought he was great and i was gonna say good you know but i'm not even sure he was great kind of thing like that's how he was fucking saying it and it's like just fuck off, Jesse. Like, nobody Especially fucking wants to that. Fucking goofus, man. Fucking guy. He's been here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, it's like, oh, uh, shut up.
4: Yeah, me The uh, roadie. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, let's get on after that match. Fuck the road dog. He doesn't know shit. And we move on to get an interview with Maxwell Jacob Friedman, actually, Chris, where he says he's been advised by doctors. To stay off the road until his match against john moxley at full gear and that match is important because it might just crown him the face of the next generation of pro wrestling guys like bruno sammartino dusty rose rick flair hulk hogan the rock and john cena guys who are exactly what mjf is so all he has to do is etch his name into history is to have or to get his to etch his name into history is to have a nice long title reign and he's not going to pretend that Jon Moxley is going to be easy to beat. Mox wasn't born to be world champion. He doesn't have an athletic bone in his body. But he worked his ass off to be the man he is today. And he respects that. But Max says he was born for this. And to wave the flag and do the interviews and make everyone talk about wrestling again. That throne is for the taking. And he's going to take it. And he's sick of waiting his turn. He's had his spotlight stolen from him again and again by Cody's neck tattoo, by Matt Hardy's falling like Humpty Dumpty, by Chris Jericho for a full calendar year, and then on his big return, his spotlight went to press conference. He's not waiting for the spotlight anymore, Chris. He's taking it, and William Regal bet on the wrong horse because come full gear, the devil gets his due, and then we go to a break. Did you like his little promo that he did on some winkity-dink podcast thing, I loved or... it.
9: I love everything MJF does. I think the guy is just, he's pure fucking money for professional wrestling. This is the guy you build your company around moving forward. This is the guy, if you're TK, you just go to him with your checkbook and you say, what's it going to take to keep you long-term, Max? Really? Like, what's it going to take? Really? What's it gonna it's take? True. You want two million dollars a year? We're gonna sign you to it. Like,
4: please, he should be asking for ten. I know. I I'm mean, really, you, bro. though.
9: Really Ass though. Ten? Fuck it, bro.
4: If you want to go, if you if you really want to go to WB, like, just say, just go for ten, bro. And he's either gonna give it to you or he doesn't. And if he gives it to you, awesome. Yeah, you stay I, with AEW.
9: Man, I. I don't like that scenario, and I don't like that scenario because although I do kind of trust Triple H, there's still a part of me that thinks MJF is—he's still sub six foot. You <laughs> know what I mean? Like,
4: oh, I do.
9: I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure he could get over properly in the WWE. Not in the land of the giants. Even though Triple H is booking, even though it's starting to, to look a little bit different over there, I'm still not sure. Um,
4: look. He is small, obviously, but not like that small, but he's small. But his mouth is he's, he's too he's too much of a big character with his friggin' promo skills, bro. Yeah,
9: like, but then who is he in takes, WWE? Is he the Miz?
4: <laughs> well, he's a much better Miz, let's be honest, dude. Because the Miz I, is way I agree, more. Able- but-
9: i agree but will he be able to be that good in wwe is he going to be allowed to say fuck you tony fire me on wwe television you know what i mean it's uh i don't know
4: sometimes he can't because the thing about that would be they allow that shit to go through sometimes Mm. i don't get it you know what i mean like one minute we're hearing all these swear words like bullshit shit even an f-bomb here and there and then it's all fucking beeped out suddenly again for the next three weeks. And then we get the same shit again. It's weird. It's like they don't know what they want to be, man. They say they're PG. But I don't think WWE is really that quite PG. It's, it's almost like an open um, sort of like... I don't even know what the fuck they think they are, dude.
9: Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, they're in a transition period right now. I get it. But also, like, speaking of MJF and this promo... Um once again he brings up William Regal's name. So I am so banking tuned, on bro. Yeah. I am banking on that being the finish to the match. William 100%. Regal turns and he's with MJF.
4: And the way they're talking about the devil and shit like that as well, where you know Regal is the devil, if mm-hmm. you remember by his promo. Yep. Yeah? I mean it's fucking so obvious now, man. And we we'll, you know, you I and uh, Jeff were the ones to like actually we were the first to say that shit, bro. And you watch. Now the podcast is going to jump in and be like, hey, we said it first. No, we said it first. If you go back to last week's, was it last week's skirmish? Were you on last I week's I think skirmish? it was
9: two weeks ago. but Was it Yeah. There you go,
4: Even longer? Yeah, so well, and. I should
9: tell you something. Yeah, no, really, though. Like, I, like, yeah, we really were the first people to talk about it. Like, I didn't hear anybody else mention it. And I was like, ooh, yeah, look at this That's shit. That's
4: true. And it's going that way. I mean, you, I mean, call me stupid if it's not, dude, but that's what it feels like.
9: Yeah. If they don't do it, then they drop the ball on something that could have been really good, which they do right. in AEW. But
4: And you're right. The only thing I've got, though, about it, the only gripe I do have about it, is that technically MJF doesn't need a mouthpiece. You know what I mean? But in saying that, he, Regal doesn't do that much talking anyway for his... Blackpool fucking combat club. When you really think about it, he talks, but it's not like he takes over per se.
9: Yeah, and that that's a good that's a good role for him too. I mean, I think that Regal can be used in a way bigger role than as some kind of managerial thing. But I mean, him being the secondary mouthpiece for a stable with MJF, I think would be great.
4: I mean, it has to happen now. If they don't fucking do it, they fucking idiots. And earlier a Facebook user also said, and I forgot to mention, Keith looked disinterested and ponderous.
9: He always looks disinterested and ponderous. I don't understand his character. I don't understand why that's meant to be endearing or cool.
4: You're right. Is
9: the whole point of his character that people can do this when he comes out? Like is that the whole is that the whole shtick?
4: <sighs> Fuck divino, Chris. I'm still confused, dude. I'm not gonna lie. I think he's not happy, dude, right now, especially now that he's, you know, his wife has just redebuted debuted in WWE again as Maya Yim, and, uh, you know, I mean, you're telling me he wouldn't have wanted to go back to WWE at this point? I think he would have.
9: I I really wonder how many people from the NXT era are looking to get back into WWE because Triple H is now the one in charge creatively.
4: And I can totally dig that, man. I can understand that. I mean, the momentum really is on WWE's side. Like, it just feels that way because AW is just—they're putting on all this shit. Like every week, there's always it feels—it feels like they're trying to do a pay per view every week, right? But it's just overkill, man. Like you're valuing everything else. Like too many belts, too many fucking blood and guts this, guts and hash that, and fucking. <laughs> Blow your brains out, guts on the floor, dark elevations, fucking supercard. Everything,
9: everything is, when everything is special, nothing is special. If you have, if you have 10 giants on your roster, nobody's a giant.
4: Nobody. And if you have giants that are getting beat up by 5 for nothings, I mean, there's a big problem. Just saying.
9: Yeah, Yeah. There's that too
4: speaking of numpties though we got eddie kingston next actually before we go to that we go back to a commercial but when we come back from the commercial we get stokely hathaway in a vignette he talks about how we used to think that he and mjf had the same goals money and cars and such but instead he's dick riding john moxley i couldn't believe he said that i'm like really dude dick riding and the worst crime you can commit is dick riding without a license no, Stokely, no. I didn't know you need a license to dick ride.
9: Where would you get a license to dick ride, Stokely? Maybe Who exactly? Stokely. Who exactly issues <laughs> those licenses? What bureau maybe, of the maybe government is in charge of that? Like... Could it, could it be
4: Billy Gunn? Could it be Billy and Chuck and Rico?
9: Just an awful line. Just an awful, stupid, like... Uh, dick right. riders! We got to figure out how to get like somebody. Somebody fucking s- s- probably Orange Cassidy, because that's the person who probably hangs out with TK. Was probably hanging out with him last week and said, "Oh, look, CM Punk's trying a dick ride over here or something." Because he's because he's blah blah blah. Like he heard it, he heard it, and then he was like, "Oh, we got to get that into a promo on this on this <laughs> week's on this week's episode." And it came across Uh, like fucking stupid childish nonsense. You didn't even have anything funny to say about it. If you're going to use a term like that, you need to use it in the proper fucking context and it needs to be as an actual insult to somebody. Stop riding my dick. Get off my dick.
10: But that's something
9: that you say to somebody when they're fucking constantly talking about you or talking, you know, bringing you up in conversation, etc. Not just, oh, you're a dick rider and (laughs) the worst thing you can be is is a dick rider. It's like, just shut the fuck up. You're not good at this.
4: Yeah, well said, my man. That was perfectly put. I mean, I couldn't even put it any better, but yeah, dick rider, really. Like, really? Anyway, um, I guess if you want a license, go see So anyway, he finishes off his little promo by saying, so win, lose, or draw at Full Gear, he'll see Max in a dick riding hell competition. Joking. He said he'll see him in hell but you might as well go to a dick riding fucking contest because, I mean, seriously, that's what he wants. But speaking of dick riders, we get our next match. It is between Eddie Kingston versus All Ego Ethan Page for the AEW World Championship Number 1 Contenders Tournament first fucking round match. And um, thank God All Ego Ethan Page wins. Seriously, yeah. with an avalanche, Ego's Edge. It was a
9: great it. spot. That was a really good spot
4: absolutely and you know what was even better now i know you don't get this but i do because i watch it through fight tv but i'm going to show you something bro and you got to listen to it because this is what you miss when you go to commercial break and we don't bro it's actually pretty funny and unfortunately i don't have the whole video but i do have it on twitter and i will log in just for a minute and go to the pwc network because i did post it there
9: well, while you're so, doing that, I'll just I'll just sing the praises of all Ethan, of all ego Ethan Page, who is just fucking great. Like he Absolutely. he is he is physically the kind of person, like the kind of performer who can tell a story every single time he's out there, and also who carries himself in a way where you're like, yeah, I believe this guy could win a championship. Like I like he. He hasn't been built well enough yet to really challenge for the title. Right. That's but true. he's moving in the right direction. I like what they're doing with Ethan Page right now. And I like him as a performer a lot.
4: So do I, man. Like, he's he's had a shit go, man. Let's be honest. He really has. Mm-hmm. I'm just sick of all these starting and stopping with him, man. Because I don't even know. Like, he's the same persona, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: But he's been a slut. Like, he's gone through how many fucking different factions and it's like nothing. It's like was he even part of a man? Like Well,
9: and that's from? that's one of the biggest problems with AEW in general is that there is no follow-up. There is no follow-through. It's just you know, oh, he's here and uh, now he's here and oh, FTR are good guys now. and It's like okay but why?
4: Like, why? <laughs> it's true. Like, why? I just... I'll never get it Chris like I just don't understand how they do that shit all the time hopefully whoops hopefully that leads to good things because I think he's got a lot of potential man except unfortunately for him he's in that sort of part of the card where everyone around him most guys around him are like on a different level like you got your Wardlow's you got your Joe's even at this point Uh like do you get what I mean and he can't really break through those guys which is unfortunate for him well right
9: right now where he is is kind of um is he limbo? limbo well, well I would kind of place him as like a Perry Saturn in WCW. Everybody he knows right, he's no, good.
4: WCW, right.
9: Everybody knows he's good, right? And he looks like the kind of guy who you could probably push to the main event at some point, but there's just something missing. Something isn't quite there yet. And that's he's basically where promo.
4: He's putting yeah. ring.
9: Yeah. But what but
4: is it, he's not connecting with the crowd really I think. There's
9: well but because there's no consistency yet. Right. You know what I mean? He hasn't been able to go out there and cut a promo every week for 4 weeks. And if he did, I actually think he'd get himself really really over. But
4: Yeah, I think he could too, but here's the video that I recorded via my phone not like I just recorded for, like looking at my TV, right? Tell me if you understand what's going on here. This is during the commercial, so technically anyone that watched it on TNT or on cable, you did not hear this. But if you watched it on Fight, you did. So check this that, out. That's
0: not easy to jack a guy up like that, to slam and drop him. That was very impressive by Ethan. And, and your point earlier, Excalibur, you can tell they both know each other quite well. You're right, Tony. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Damn, I love this job. Great. <laughs> <That was fun.
0: laughs> Knee right between the shoulder blades by Ethan Page. Page drops the elbow once again. Page's strategy seems to be to wear out the upper body of Eddie yeah. Kingston. 10. Yeah, well, that takes away any kind of chopping and striking Eddie wants to do, or maybe a suplex. It's smart by a man with a million-dollar smile right there. Kiss my tuchus! That's Ethan a, Page. It's international. You can say that. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be a gentleman out here. You already <laughs> correct me on the show. I don't even know what tuchus
4: did you get what happened at the start there no Oh, oh man really you didn't you didn't catch catch it he comes to <laughs> Facebook you says he comes to copyright right no because I recorded it from my phone to the TV no strike just call Jeff I know that's you happy birthday once again for sure that's him all right look let, let me... pay attention to the first ten seconds all right the first ten seconds. Because that's that's the key.
0: That, that's not easy to jack a guy up like that and a slam and drop him. That was very impressive by Ethan. And, and your point
8: earlier, Excalibur, you can tell they both know each other quite well.
0: You're right, Tony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I love this job. It's great.
8: <laughs> <That was funny. laughs>
3: knee right between the
4: shoulders. All right, look, if you didn't get it, he goes, Tony Schiavone goes, to what you said earlier, Excalibur, you know how these two know each other really well. Right? And then Excalibur goes, yeah. And then Shivani's like, yeah. And then they all start laughing. Yeah?
9: Because it's bullshit. Right. Like. Well, and I think that sometimes Shivani's just given. I think that sometimes, like, people drop the ball on commentary. And I think that Tony Shivani is the kind of person who probably calls it out and makes you laugh about it. Um, well, you yeah, know but reacting to something dream. on commentary by just saying yeah is a <laughs> dick fucking thing to do and like you're giving your you're giving your partners nothing to work with
4: but what's funny during this whole show really right they'll just fucking I don't know if they were bored and they probably were every time Tazzy's on because Taz calls out a lot of shit mm-hmm. like he puts everyone on edge right including Shivani like they're giving shit to Shivani all show practically about Britt Baker as well man mm-hmm because I'm sure you saw that picture floating around, right? Please say you have.
9: No, oh, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah,
4: is that fucking weird, bro? <laughs> I mean, honestly, dude, if that was your girl, I'll be honest, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, she was good friends with Tony Schiavone, and you're a big fan, obviously, right? Like, it's Tony Schiavone, man, right? It's day. I mean, and he was that close to your girl. You'd be like, this is what I'll be thinking, but the motherfucker's like seventy years old nearly. Nah, but then why is he touching my girl like that? And then why is she letting him touch me like that?
9: I mean, maybe along with being DDS, she's <laughs> also DP or DTF <laughs> or who knows Ooh, what other. Who with knows th- though?
4: <laughs> with whom? With the other commentators?
9: <laughs> who <laughs> knows, bad. man?
4: I mean, fuck. I mean, jeez. Surely not, right? I mean, fuck.
9: I don't yeah, know, they, man. Everybody I, seems to be pretty fucking liberal on that uh, on, in that company. And, I mean, one thing I will say about liberal women is, like, you can get them to do some freaky shit because they just think everything's cool.
4: Well, to be fair to Shivani, he's actually been known to be close to all the chicks wrestling, going as far back as the 80s. As a matter of fact, he was very close to Medusa, like the way he's close to Brit Baker, and uh, he was also right. close to
9: because forty yeah. years ago. Why wouldn't you have wanted to be close to Medusa?
4: I mean, she still looks great for her age now, dude. I mean, seriously, she really she does. does. I mean,
9: she does. Shoutouts to Medusa for being absolutely. beautiful and also for just being pretty cool. To be honest with you, every 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 time I've heard her do any kind of interviews or anything, she's great.
4: <laughs> Facebook user says, "Just quietly, yeah."
9: Yeah, exactly. Just quietly. Just, just quietly, quietly as we're recording and then, you know, literally just sending quietly. out, you know, everything that we're saying into the ether of the internet. So into, just quietly. Into
4: webs. Just quietly. It is. Just it, quietly. It is what it is. So, but like I was saying though, Chris.
9: It's like I could never because... be prime minister because of this fucking show. Like because of this oh, show, well, I'll never us, be prime right? minister. I mean,
4: shit. <laughs> Hey, but that's all right, man. You know what, man? We should be able to say what the fuck we want to say, especially on our show. And to be fair, our listeners seem to be cool. I mean, we haven't really gotten any hit except for me saying bipolar booking, and I just said it again. I mean, that's the only thing that people went yeah, 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 over, which is still stupid to
9: me. But it wasn't that, even that man. big of a. It wasn't even that big of a reaction, like it, it, you know,
4: really. I know I'm probably over, you know, exaggerating, but still. Doesn't matter. Speaking of over-exaggeration though, Chris, we get Rush being interviewed backstage with the Dark or Dark Order. Jose is still playing, he's still trying to get 10 to defect, I don't know why, and he's willing to offer him the first title shot against Rush. When he inadvertently wins the tournament and the title, Rush tells him to think about it because he doesn't give second chances and John Silver calls him a bag roosh bag really what's a roosh bag it's like a douche bag
9: I guess Is it that's like probably a what bag? they were going for
4: I don't even know what a roosh bag is anyway he has to be held back as Ari Davari, though is in the ring offering to sell his butler to Warlow for the TNT championship what the fuck did we just go from we went from roosh bag to butlers and Ari Davari trying to sell his butler Chris
9: Pretty stupid. Pretty stupid all around. Um, wow! It's fine that Wardlow came out and squashed this dude, and it helped set up what happened next with Samoa Joe. But
4: so obvious.
9: I don't have anything to say about either one of those two segments either. But the, I mean, well, Joe's going to be a good match. It'll be really good. Yeah, but why? Well, because like, it's going to help. Like, get, really, like... it's going to help get Wardlow over to beat somebody like Joe, who's a you know. I'll say you could argue legend.
4: I love Joe. I'm a huge fan, but even I know I got, you got to be careful where you're swinging that legend term with the face of this uh, IWC because they'll absolutely fucking crucify us if we ain't careful. And the uh, Facebook user says in the chat, "Does Davari have a tapeworm? Probably. I mean, he's pretty skinny. Just saying. Yeah. I mean, who knows? He probably does." <laughs> he needs to eat more or he's got tapeworms if he's eating. But yeah, like I was saying, Chris, um just just weird shit. It is what it is. Uh I just don't like how with Wardlow though I just feel like they fucked him up, man. They fucked up. They could have done this so differently and way more linear too. Mm. They've overcomplicated this Wardlow push, dude. Like if that makes any sense. overbooked oh, 100%. him badly. Yeah, like totally overbooked him to the point where they're like almost scrambling and they're like okay we'll save him with Joe Joe will get him over again and yada 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 and yeah and we're off to the races that TNT championship to me Chris doesn't exist in this company I, I, I actually forget that there is a TNT champion
9: it's just one of the belts It's one of the belts th- that's, and that's the problem that's exactly the problem when, there's, when everybody has a belt, none of them matter. None of them make any difference. It's like, oh, you have a belt, and this guy has a belt, and that guy has a belt, and this other guy over here has a belt. And oh, there's yeah. nothing about them that really differentiate one another. Like... It, the thing about the hardcore championship, when it was a thing in WWE, the reason why it worked was... So first of all, the 24-7 rule helped. But the thing that really made it... like is that those matches were all contested in a different format from the rest of the tv so you knew you were going to see something different when you had a hardcore championship match that's why the 24 7 title didn't take off and is essentially dead is because you didn't actually have a different format for that title it was the same kind of wrestling matches it was just oh but we're going to do silly shit which fine you know, But you had a situation with the hardcore title where you could do silly shit, but you could also have a completely different format for people to watch if they wanted to watch a really violent, hardcore-type match. The problem with AEW's titles is none of them are different from one another, so none of them stand out. What's more important, the TNT Championship or the All-Atlantic Championship or the Pacific Rim Championship? or like which title is is where in in importance so we don't know so we have no idea how much we should care about who the tnt champion is because we don't know where he fits in the line of succession right that was that was one thing that wcw i thought always did better than the wwe although i love the intercontinental championship but the u.s title in wcw the u.s champion was considered the number one contender for the world title at most points so you knew that if you had the u.s title you were right below the world championship status
4: but to be fair once upon a time the intercontinental championship also had that same prestige at one point
9: yeah i mean day, again i love the intercontinental championship don't get me wrong but my point is that both of those titles you knew where a guy who held it stood on the card and i have no idea who's more important the FTW champion or the All-Atlantic champion? I don't know who's more important. I, and I don't fucking care because I don't know.
4: Uh, that's Right now, I would say the All-Atlantic championship has become your de facto number two title. Right now. At this present time, in terms of promotion, main eventing, it's been main eventing, dude. Not mm-hmm. just on Dynamite, but even on Rampage.
9: Yeah, so, so right now Wardlow is your European champion and yeah. that's not the right place for him. Dude, he should have been the guy that's getting...
4: Look, they've already gotten Maxwell Jacob Friedman as that guy. Uh-huh. Right? They don't need to do shit with him. He can do it himself, right? Yep. So all they had to do was concentrate on Wardlow uh-huh. rising as well, man. That's all they had to do. Uh-huh. Because MJF was competent enough to get over himself, yeah? But nah, they tried. They overcomplicated it, overbooked him, screwed it up, and then they're trying to fucking almost reset him again. And every time the fans want to get back into him, I feel like they're starting to go away. I mean, by the end of that, man, when Joe turned on him, the crowd were chanting, Joe, still, dude.
9: Yep. Yeah. Joe's going to kill you.
4: Think about that shit for a minute. But. Facebook user in the chat says, and Haka was awesome. Imagine him at the media haha <laughs> That would be funny. Also, Facebook user says, Europe is the only place nowhere near <laughs> the Atlantic. Um, yes, it is. According to TK, it is. Okay, enough. You know
9: Everything's the Atlantic. Japan's in Everything. the Atlantic Ocean.
4: Australia's in the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> That's funny. India Europe. is in the
9: Atlantic Ocean. <laughs>
4: everyone is in the atlantic ocean just put it that way all right i mean every it's all atlantic all the time
9: aw it's all atlantic i think oh. maybe i think maybe there's meant to be a slash there all slash atlantic <laughs> so it's so it's everything slash the atlantic, and
4: atlantic. i bet yeah. you that's what they were trying to really go for bro i bet you they were you figured Fuck this it out company
9: fuck this company (laughs) to the moon I bet you Uh. they were
4: really going for that shit bro and they fucked it up I'm telling you dude only them can do that on a fucking coke binge man (laughs) all dash Atlantic man all slash Atlantic slash sorry not dash slash that's it Uh, Atlantic
9: fucking TK alright let's move on
4: let's shall we um anyway Uh, we get uh, Ari Davari in the next matchup with Wallow for your TNT Mm -hmm. Championship as we're saying though Wallow sends the butler flying Daivari begs off tries a kick and gets headbutted stone cold unconscious as Mr. Mayhem as he likes to call himself winds him up for a big lariato and the orchestra gets to playing as Wallow wins by pinfall with the powerbomb symphony retaining his AEW TNT Championship before we move on though I want to say one more thing about Wardlow. Can you... Someone for crying out loud telling him to stop doing that fucking... fucking move. Whatever it is. Where he's building up.
9: Yeah, it looks stupid.
4: The fuck is that shit?
9: Uh, You know what cunts
4: used to do here, dude? At those real banging like techno nightclubs, bro? They used to be topless dancing doing shit like that, bro. Like... Like, seriously, dude. That's what Warlo is doing.
9: I've um I've been involved in combat sports in one way or another okay. for most of my life, right? It's like, like you know, like I've, Yeah, no, like I've boxed <laughs> for a long time. I've trained in jujitsu, like I've I've done some MMA. You
4: haven't trained um, in Warlow, but bro. I,
9: I've never seen anyone in an actual fight throw a strike like that, so don't do it. It just looks stupid.
4: Strike good, strike hard, he says. Not good. <laughs> Speaking of not good, CM Punk is back in MMA fucking commentating Chris. Hurrah. Yeah. Hurrah. Big deal. Anyway, let's move on. Post match, Wallow calls Powerhouse Will Hobbs out. Hobbs answers the call and says they're doing this on his time. And Wallow says, The title is his. It will always be his. And for that matter, he's gonna take every title in his company. Why copy what, what Jericho was saying? And Samoa so Joe doesn't like the sound of that and cracks Mr. Mayhem over the head with the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. He chokes Warlow out with a coquina clutch and Powerhouse says, hell, see him too, and he'll still kick his ass as he pretty much talks shit to Joe. First of all, since when do we get two baby faces and the hill doing the, you know, turning up to fight against two baby faces? two-on-one because the heel's more badass, bro.
9: Well, and also, if this is setting up a three-way, two faces and a heel is not the right way to fucking set up a three-way. Two heels and a face is the way to set up a fucking three-way. If you're Um, putting
4: over fucking Waldo, yeah.
9: But, and also, like, Joe's Joe's standing there and the AEW guy is saying... I want all the titles in this company, AEW, and then the Ring of Honor television champion got mad about it. Why?
4: Makes sense, doesn't it? That's why.
9: <laughs> nonsense. Absolutely
4: fucking nonsense. Nonsense. Absolutely nonsense, bro. <clears throat> it's true, but uh, if, if, if TK thinks it's it makes sense, Well, guess what, TK? If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. You feel me?
9: Yes.
4: (laughs) Just saying. And I'm sure you're not making those dollars. And I'm sure shit doesn't make sense as per usual. But uh, he just continues doing what he's doing. Anyway, who cares, right, Chris? Let's fucking move on. Move on. Um, We go backstage and we get Jade Cargill and her baddies are interviewed by Renee Paquette. She's sick of Nyla Rose parading around with her title... And she's going to handle things this Friday in Boston. Yeah, you sure did. Just saying, spoiler. Uh, there's not much we really need to report on here, Chris. Is there anything you needed to touch on?
9: No, nothing whatsoever. Yeah.
4: Well, speaking of more shit. Now, this is actually one of the highlights of the night. We get Tony Schiavone introducing Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. It wasn't it cute that they were acting like they don't know each other, really? But mm. just, just saying and Soraya for an in-ring interview Soraya wanted to speak to Brit face to face and she knows everybody's wondering if she's cleared or not and a couple of weeks ago they took x-rays and CT scans and unfortunately for Brit she's 100% cleared and AEW is her (laughs) hoose Baker then asked if there's anything more fickle than an AEW fan she's got a point actually Chris true I mean come on fickle (laughs) And dumb, nah. And she asked if Soraya even still knows how to do this. She's been coming after her since the day she got here, and why? She thinks she's got it. Brit built AW from the ground up until it became a fortress that wrestlers, no superstars like Soraya wanted to move into. She's damn proud of that, but that pride turns into resentment very quickly when she has the audacity to skip in here and say this is her house, and because she didn't lay a single brick. But Brit gets it, Saray is obsessed with her because she's everything she wishes she could have been, and if she thinks that's not true, she left her house and walked into hers. Baker then says, they don't take walk-ins, so bitch, make an appointment. (laughs) And Soraya says, Brit's only been in the business 3 years and she doesn't know what it takes to be a superstar. She travelled up and down the UK and over Europe for free because she loves his business. She got hit by a car and wrestled on the same day, apparently. She also handled resumes to... Uh, handed resumes to promoters and got turned down for being a woman. Bullshit, Soraya. Please. We're not in 19-fucking-01. Anyway. And Brit has no idea what it takes to make it. And she's been making uh, revolutions since before wrestling was even a twinkle in Baker's eye. She's done MSG the O2 and the Tokyo Dome and she's done a lot more actually Chris and now she's in front of an ungrateful bitch. Britt doesn't know what it takes. She's been humiliated in front of millions of people and had her addictions exposed she's given her career and her neck for this business and her, and her cunt I guess. And Baker doesn't have a clue but here's another opportunity handed to her on a silver platter. Do you remember the platter Sarah used to hold? Just quietly Chris do you recall the platter I recall um just just saying just saying but anyway um she continues on and this is her comeback story in the biggest match of Brit's Korea full gear Brit goes to attack as Soraya leaves but she ducks and catches her with a captured DDT and that was that what do you think actually um
9: Chris was this pretty tense yeah um I like this um I was happy to see that uh, Sarai is um, cleared and that she's going to be able to work. That's good. That's a positive thing. That's something that you know should make people happy who are happy for her. Um, yes. <laughs> here's something I didn't like about the promo. I actually found myself thinking, yeah, Brit's right. And that's not really what we were meant to think at the end of this promo. But it did feel like, no, really, like, Britt Baker's right here. Like, she really did build this thing. And, honestly, like, is just kind of coming in here and thinking she can take over. And it's like, why do you think that? You've been a fuck-up for the last number of years. Meanwhile, like, Britt Baker has actually, you know... You could say that the best that AEW's women division ever looked was because Britt Baker. So... Yeah, I mean, I liked it, but at the same time, I just think, like, you shouldn't have your heels be so right.
4: Well, facts are facts, though, Chris, you know what I mean? But ironically, the funny thing is, Paige or Soraya, whatever you want to call her, um, she's actually younger than Britt Baker, and has been in the business a lot longer than Britt Baker. So, there's a lot of truth to her promo. Um, but uh, it was funny, because I was actually saying, I hope she goes down that route. Where Britt Baker says this is not your house. This is my house. I built this out and she did. Thank God. Right? Because who the fuck is Soraya, bro? I actually want Britt Baker to kick Soraya's ass, dude. I'm not kidding. No, I really wanted her to annihilate it, dude. Like send her so fucking back to the gutter, man.
9: So do I. I like Soraya, Like I really, like I I I love Paige in NXT. I thought she was fantastic. I think in terms of like her work, she's actually really good. I mean, you Jeez. can say whatever you like about her personal life and everything. And yeah, like she's been pretty public about it. So that invites scrutiny. If you're public about how, you, like, if I came on here and I talked about all of like what's going on in my dating life, that would invite people to talk to me about my dating life or to have an opinion about my dating life, right? Pretty Luckily, true. Jimmy and I have a conversation before the show. So we don't <laughs> actually put that on <laughs> out there you in the it, world. You said I didn't say nothing, dude. <laughs> but like, but like yeah okay so you're you're very public about your personal life and therefore people have an opinion about your personal life but like in terms of her work i actually like sariah a lot i think she's really good um her win when she first got called up where she beat aj for the title that was one of the best moments of the year that year really it it actually was um she's a good performer
4: when she won that championship She's and then, an then she sprung all over it, bro
9: Yeah She's an excellent <laughs>
4: performer And she just Excellent
9: She needs to take herself A little more seriously In public That's yeah, all Yeah
4: and, and And don't do a ricochet No yes.
9: You know what I mean Stop. Just leave Don't be weird with your titles Okay
4: It's <laughs> Yeah Thank god they changed The Divas championship Right after that Do you think that has anything To do with it
9: <laughs> I don't know I mean if if I was a diva uh, and the WWE was like, "Oh, we're gonna give you the Divas Championship," and I had seen that video, I'd be like, "No, nah, thanks." <laughs>
4: <laughs> Ooh, shit, good old Soraya, sweet Soraya. Like her mum is called, apparently. Just yeah. It's true, sweet Soraya. No shit, that's a shoot. Anyway. Oh, well, that
9: sounds like a stripper name. Let's move on.
4: <laughs> well, she kind of does. Look- anyway, <laughs> I'll show you one day. Uh, yeah before we move on I did like this this was great probably the best thing about the show all all night let's be honest it probably was
9: I like the main it, event but
4: oh well yeah we'll get to that in a minute but after that uh, segment we do get Sanjay Dutt he's shown backstage earlier paying Cole Carter off for his help last week as QT Marshall takes his cut and offers them half off next time and then we get Dan Housen and Best Friend come up to Steps to yell at Lee Johnson for ruining Dan Housen's Halloween and hanging out with these hat people. This is so dumb. Anyway, QT tries to go Orange Cassidy into giving Lee a title match and Orange just accepts without any fan feed. She says yeah. And best friends square up and Trent Barretta wants to fight Jay Lethal. So I guess that's happening Chris and it did happen. And um, yeah, we get Jay Lethal versus Trent Barretta. And thank God Jay Lethal wins by pinfall via Lethal Injection. At the end, though, it was fucking funny, bro. You know when they do the hug? Mm-hmm. And Cole Cardo was, was in the middle of the fucking hug. That kind of made me laugh, bro. As dumb as this shit is. Oh, no, that was Rampage. See, I got confused, bro. Yeah. That was Rampage. Was, God damn it. No,
9: it's so all good. That was the
4: last thing I watched. Forget that. That's for Uncaged tomorrow night the but, segment
9: um, was stupid like everything in the backstage was dumb I don't ugh.
4: well there is a post match shit so I might as well go on from that because forget the match the match was dumb but um, like I was saying Jay Lethal wins by pinfall with the lethal injection but Tony Schiavone then interviews the heels on the stage but Sanjay takes the mic from him and tells him to Shut up! and sit down because fuck I mean why is Sanjay in AEW dude
9: well, what, I, I guess they need somebody to play the part of Andrade El Idolo, who was playing the part of <laughs> El uh, uh, Matt El Hardy, NGO. who was playing the part of like I, I, I'm so lost. It's this is one more character in this whole plethora of I have money and I'm gonna do stuff for money and look at the money that I have and I'm the million dollar. He's the million dollar Indian man, and it's like, I don't understand why we're fucking doing this.
4: Oh, no, you'll kick my dog, Chris. Well, oh. anyway, speaking of uh, million dollar men, uh, he does, he did promise and did deliver on his very good friend in Jeff Jarrett. And um, guess what happens next? We get. Yes. The fucking chosen one, Chris. Jeff fucking Jarrett, (laughs) hey, ain't he great, anyway, he goes on, where were we, he goes on to say he grabs the mic and says, after over a million views of his debut, the question is why is he here in AEW, when a friend calls and a friend shows up, why have I heard that promo before somewhere else, and that's exactly what he did, that's the, that's the X-Pac to Triple H, or Triple H to X-Pac promo, when he recruited X-Pac from the NWO Back into DX, if you remember, back in 98. Yep. You know, when you need to call a friend. (laughs) You know, when Chip Hades is doing that. Name the game. uh, Anyway. When you need uh, to call a friend. And a friend shows up. uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what he did. That's what Jeff Jones said. And they put a plan together that they started last week. He knows lethal because he signed into his very first contract, and he's got wins over Ric Flair, Sting, and and a Grand Slam Championship in Ring of Honor. Sanjay has a high IQ, and they've taken promotions over all over the globe. And Santam is a legit seven five giant, no make believe monster in red skinny jeans in the banana nose circus. This guy is one in the billions. Ouch. Ouch. One splasher. Brr, brr, that's all was going on there But double J Is that brr, J-E Double F J-A Double R E Double T Jeff fucking Jarrett saying that shit And great slap nuts And he great slap nuts Exactly He's the only player in the, in the history of the NBA to be born And bred in India Jeff calls Darby Allen and Stinger And Akuma Meets up to jail him before continuing his chance for Diamond or full gear, the guy doesn't leave, so Jeff chases him with the guitar,
9: and that was it. he great. Fantastic. Um, Jeff Jarrett, once again, knows how to cut a promo. He understands he the, the energy that you need for it. He but, does. Um, he,
4: he makes everyone else. You don't realize how good of a promo he is until you put him up against all these fucking hacks that doesn't know how to actually do, you know, do a promo.
9: Yep. Um... Again, I I don't have a problem with Jeff Jarrett being there. I just, is this what he's here for? To push Satnam sing?
4: I, I don't know. Is he there to sing? Any great.
9: Yeah, he could, could I guess. Yeah. I mean, he could. Maybe he, he wants could... Satnam to sing. Yeah, maybe they can all get together and do like a remix of Rap is Crap. That'd be fantastic.
4: Oh, the, the, not the, but it's not the West, uh, what was it? The West Rinnick.
9: The West um, Texas Rednecks Oh, West
4: Texas Rednecks, that's it It'll be the East which,
9: Bombay uh, Long Indian, yeah Which, I mean, the the West Texas Rednecks And like, Kurt Henning was their leader From Minnesota uh,
4: Yeah, that doesn't make sense, does it? I mean, anyway It doesn't make sense that, You know what, I miss that damn song, Chris It's a great song It is great, it's, it's funny. Better. It's fucking funny it is funny And it was during the fucking time Of the No Limit Soldiers In Master P uh, Hey don't tease me But I used to like fucking that man <laughs>
9: Dude that song uh, was great that song I hate it
4: now great. though dude If I play it now it's just cringe bro Yeah it's
9: not It it didn't age well
4: <laughs> I even liked part 2 Heck I even got fucking Master P's Like albums bro
9: yeah I, I never bought a Master P album Like a huge oh. hip hop head For sure but I've never bought a Master P album
4: It was like I was really Forcing myself to really get into him mm-hmm. <laughs> But I really Did love fucking uh, make him say Ugh. I was it's feeling a, Cody when he was saying that It's
9: a great song I, I don't care that is a great song
4: It's a banger it's an anthem man You know what I mean It really is it's a, it's a fucking anthem for the fucking south Anyway let's be honest
9: Yo for sure just like raise him up
4: <laughs> raise him up Which one Are oh, you talking about uh, What's his name Petey Pablo Petey Pablo That's it mm-hmm. uh, the, I come from North Carolina
9: come on raise up. Up.
4: Yeah That's a sick track man Take your shirt up, off Twist around your head been like a
9: helicopter
4: <laughs> Yeah exactly Yeah man He was supposed to be The next big thing During those days And uh, he didn't exactly Take off he
9: No, did I mean, on his freak first album. Well freak Was a big hit too But Anyway his moving second on
4: album, When he signed with Death Row If you remember it did, That was kind of shocking And yeah. then from there He just went pew Like I don't know Yeah But I still dude. bang his album sometimes
9: Yeah dude I play fucking I, I play Raise Him Up Like all the time I love that fucking tune
4: I come from North Carolina He had a good voice man God damn Why the fuck did I have to fucking Where is he nowadays man Does he even do anything
9: i'm not sure dude we should get back to the show though
4: no we probably should chris you're right but do we really have to man i mean honestly
9: i could sit here and talk fucking hip-hop like for days i love hip-hop like a lot more than i loved this episode of of aew dynamite but alas we have a show
4: there isn't actually much to go funny enough and you're right we do need to fucking continue on with the skirmish before we start skirmishing right here on the pwc network but um yeah let's continue on because this gets from bad to worse it's jungle by jack perry is interviewed by renee paquette he tells christian cage that he doesn't get to say when this is over and he's only getting started god damn it shoot me now he has a challenge (laughs) for cage and Luchasaurus, and he wants to make it for their face well, I mean, he wants to make it to their face on Friday at Rampage. Big deal. That was it. Nothing to really talk about. Other than end this shit already.
9: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've been saying I'm done with this fucking program. Next.
4: Next is right. Let's just move on because there's no point of talking. We get John Moxie making his entrance, flanked by William Regal. Mox says he was 25, 26 when he first met Regal full of piss and vinegar, no arthritis and he thought he had it all figured out and kept running in his mouth, he wanted to be just like William, feared and respected and a real top guy so to prove himself he tried to pick a fight with the villain, that didn't go too well though as Regal tortured him and brutalised him and pissed John off because it showed him where he is on the food chain and to grow and evolve and get his revenge and when he got his rematch, he showed it. Knocked William out and tore his ear off with a knee. No, you didn't. Stop it, John. Stop lying. <laughs> then Regal took him under his wing and told him that now the real work begins. And who does that young, impetus kid remind him of? A knew. when I saw that, I fucking rolled my eyes. A young Maxwell Jacob Freeman, who Moxley will face at full gear with the title on the line. He first wrestled MJF well over a year ago. And he thought he had it all figured out then. So he beat the hell out of him and sent him packing. But now all these months later, he comes back around for another shot. So the question is, what's going to be different this time? He seems to be having an, an essential identity crisis. So who is Maxwell Jacob Freeman? He dresses nice and puts on the air of somebody rich and successful. He talks the talk of a big time pro wrestling champion. But, dude, Moxie is actually a multi-time millionaire, world champion, and he's not fooling him. Freeman likes to call himself a pillar, even though there's no weight on him. <laughs> Jeez. But what's even more amusing is that he likes to call himself the devil. Well, John has seen the devil, met him, and looked at him in the eyes. He's met some bad people in bad places and seen them do some bad, bad things. And Max isn't that at all. He wants Freeman to fulfill his destiny. ...and put the company on his back... ...but he's not worried about the walk... ...and the talk... ...he wants to see what's in MJF's guts... ...he wants him to remember one thing at Full Gear... ...everything he's done to this point... ...has been easy... ...yow... <laughs> ...that's how I felt... ...he fucked up a couple times... ...I felt...
9: ...yeah, I've, <clears throat> I've, I've, I've always kind of said... ...that I think that John Moxley is a talent... ...that you should have as part of your roster... But expecting him to be um, a top guy, I think, is a miscasting. Like, I think he's a, I think he's a Mick Foley type. He's a guy you can pass the ball to for small periods of time. Um, and he'll do good with it for those small periods of time. But you need to get the belt off him quick when you do that. Um, this promo was fine. A lot of this was very forced. There was a lot of telling and no showing. It was, yeah. you know, let me tell you about the relationship that I had with William Regal when, like, this would have been better as a video package to explain their history. Um, and the whole thing about, like, MJF reminding him of himself, again, just a little too forced. Um. Other than that, I mean, it's good. It's it's. He's a he. Like I said, he's not the worst world champion in the world. He's just. No. He's not the guy I would pick.
4: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can rely on him. You know, here and there, you can. You know, you, you, he's a safe bet to have the championship on him. Like he's earned it. Don't get me wrong.
9: Yeah, he's a McFoley type. He's not going to embarrass you as your world champion, no, but no, he's no, not. Not at all. He's not the guy. Right, like Mick was never the guy in WWE. Even like, even when they had like him win the belt on Raw, and that was a really big moment and everything, it was still just setting up him and Rock because it was building Rock. Like, Mm -hmm. it's not Mick was never the guy, and I don't think that I don't think that Moxley's the guy either. And I think that he's miscast in that role slightly. Although I I do like him, I'd I'd have him as a part of my company. I just. I don't think he's that guy.
4: I, I can I, I totally like understand where you're coming from and I actually agree with you. So the only thing that annoyed me though about this promo, first of all, like he said he reminds himself of Maxwell Jacob Freeman, called him poor. He called him not one of the pillars, but neither is Moxley. Really the pillars are your young guns of the company. Yep. Moxley's not one of them. Whereas MJF actually is, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you gotta admit that yourself, you doofus. You even know that, right? I'm talking about Moxley. Yeah. And and also him saying like he's a millionaire, like he's insecure because why? MJF is a millionaire? Like, you know, character-wise, he's you know, he's a rich Jewish kid. You know what I mean? But he had to sit there and go, Well oh, yeah, man, I've got like millions of dollars, man. Yeah. And am I supposed to cheer this motherfucker? You're supposed to be a babyface and you're saying shit like that?
9: Right, and there's a certain point where you where you sort of cross the Rubicon, you know, uh, metaphorically right. speaking. You sort of cross the Rubicon into just kind of coming off as sort of pathetic. One of my favorite lines from um, Game of Thrones is um, Joffrey, who's like this evil little shit of a king. He's right. uh, he's basically being told that he has to stop being a little shit, and he screams out like in sort of petulant rage and says, "I am the king." And his grandfather says any man who has to shout I am king has no real power. None. So like when John Moxley's going, I'm a millionaire. It's like okay. You lost me. You crossed the Rubicon. I think you're fucking pathetic at this point. So
4: sorry, John. It's, it's again insane.
9: I like Moxley. He's a really Same. good, he's a really, really solid upper mid card babyface who can absolutely be past the ball every once in a while, but he's not the guy. And MJF really is the guy. He's the future of professional wrestling. Literally. Right like,
4: literally. But yeah, I thought John was a little smarter than that. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> and I'm a fan of his, like you said. I can't stress that anymore. Like, he's a great champion. He's cool character, whatever. But like sometimes he can be a bit... No bad. <laughs> yeah well there I go and there I come.
9: Yeah, there you are. Wherever you are, that's where you're at.
4: <laughs> oh, I'm back. I don't know what happened there. Bad internet. But anyway, Chris, let's fucking move on anyway. Uh we yeah. get another video of the elite being erased, actually, Chris. With full gears, usual industrial clockwork imagery as we go to a break. But our sources tell me that this is leading to some sort of like reality show with a behind the scenes sort of sort of like wrestling shadows but with the elite in the Bucks and Kenny Omega apparently.
9: <clears throat> One more thing I won't watch.
4: I'll be honest, I'm actually quite intrigued because maybe we'll get something about what happened backstage. But anyway, we'll worry about that when the time comes. It's it's only obvious, it's pretty obvious that they're returning to AEW sooner rather than later. Yeah. And anyway, we get our next matchup between Jamie Hader versus Sky Blue as Tony Storm is in Blue's corner for this matchup. Uh, Jamie Hader ends up winning by pinfall with a rib called lariat. You know, she was pretty rough on poor little Sky Blue, but um, yeah, who cares? As Jamie Hader ends up winning, but post match, Hader puts boots to Blue briefly before Tony chases her out of the ring. We get a hype wheel for Brian Cage versus Dante Minor on Rampage, this coming Friday night. And then we see Lance Archer, he's beating Ricky Starks, up in front of Alex Marvres. For whatever reason, I have no fucking idea, Chris.
9: Just because Ricky Starks can't have nice things, and we, we're not allowed to enjoy Ricky Starks on TV, just him getting beaten up. Because, um, mm. of course, you wouldn't want your super talented young, young guys to be doing anything impressive or interesting on your television. Of well, course not. Oh, sure um enough. moving backwards here, uh Jamie Hayter's awesome. I really she's like her. She's gotten so Jamie much Hader. better. Yep. Absolutely. She is. She's so improved, dude.
10: Yep. Absolutely. She's I,
9: I hope I I like I don't know if it's the right time to take the belt off of Tony Storm, but um I hope she gets a run with it soon because she's she's earned it. I like Jamie Hayter a lot.
4: Yeah, she's really like I think she's developing extremely fast, dude. And I think having her under Britt Baker actually done wonders for Jamie Hayder. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, it is what it is. And absolutely, I'm glad she doesn't wear Rey Mysterio on her backside anymore, though. Yeah. Which is kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, man. And um, did I mention that everybody dies, according to Lance Archer?
9: Everybody dies. It's true, Except though. everybody who wrestles me, because I haven't yeah. actually killed anybody.
4: No, neither of us. That makes two of us. Hey. Well, speaking of dying, this match should have been called the Please Don't Die match. It is between Amer- the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, versus the Spanish God in Sammy Guevara in a two out of three falls matchup. And let's just get into this, man. I'm going to start from the start because we start hard striking out the gates. I mean, these guys were striking hard straight away. Danielson with the edge, backing him into the corner with uppercuts and chops. Smashing his face into the turn into the turnbuckles, chops and kicks and whips across, backflip, up and over off the ropes, leapfrogs, drop kicks, takes Brian out of the ring. As we go back inside, Tay Mallow then gets between the American Dragon and a suicide dive. So he goes to the floor and shoves her out of the way. And then Sammy wings a chair at Danielson's face, which looked fucking painful, Chris.
9: Yep. No, definitely. This, th- I mean, and somebody on Facebook I saw say, like, oh, why are they throwing a chair at a guy who's got head problems? Guaranteed, no question. Brian Danielson booked that. <laughs> like, he's the one who said, let's do this spot. It'll be great.
4: <laughs> Facebook user says, Peter affirms that it was a reenactment and no animals were harmed in the production of this film. <laughs> <laughs> let's hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, Peter can get fucked anyway. I'm just saying, and I love animals, but Peter are motherfuckers.
9: Peter is is just a whole bunch of bad people. Like they're bad Literally. people.
4: <laughs> Facebook user also says they were the dog. Rough bullshit. Rough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rough bullshit. Rough. That's pretty funny. I like it. Whoever that was. Do you think that was Jeff? Chris.
9: Probably, but also, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're gonna do a wrestling with shadows like Go fuck yourself, elite. Every all three of you guys need to just go fuck yourselves forever, somewhere else.
4: Hey man, we gotta start a GoFundMe for Larry and his teeth, man. <laughs> I'm just saying, shout out rough, to Larry. Shout outs to Larry. Anyway, Your owner's a
9: dick, but he is if, a dick. That you're probably dick. a good dog.
4: Not literally, but you know. Anyway, Brian Danderson ends up winning the first four bouts. his qualification going up one zip he takes Dragon to the timeskeeper table and sla- stabs him in the eye with a microphone which looks fucking quite good <coughs> excuse me overhead elbows Sammy then rolls back inside as we go to the break we come back from commercial Danderson is bleeding which looked so typical fucking blade job because it was a bad blade job and yeah. Guevara is raining punches down on the wood on the wood on his forehead and big knee in the corner and a back breaker rack, as Sammy Guevara wins the second fall by pinfall, with a GTH, uh, to even things out at 1-1, then going into the final fucking uh, match, or match up, the final pinfall, whatever you want to call it, the final fall, Guevara lane chops in up top, Danielson shoves him away, Sammy trips, coming back up, and the jockey for position, headbutt knocks Guevara down, Brian then perches, nobody home on the diving headbutt, Sammy then gets an arm trap, cross-face wrenching back, rolling dragon into the middle of the ring, but he's still fighting. Danielson then posts to his feet and lifts Guevara up, and he bites the back of of Brian's head to force him back to the mat. calling for the ropes, Danielson then forces the break, trading shots in the corner as Brian with headbutts on headbutts, and we get an orange whip, and then that gets reversed as Sammy off the second, and then Danielson clocks him with a knee as we go to a break. Back from commercial, referee Bryce Remsberg ejects Tay Mello from ringside, trading forearms from the knees to their feet. Danielson then suplexes Guevara into the tree of woe, kicking the ribs, basement drop kick, setting him up. And then we get Sammy slips up and knocks Brian to the floor with a running knee. Guevara then goes up top, shooting star press to the floor. Then they go back inside. Guevara goes for the ace crusher, but Danielson catches him and bends him into the label lock as Sammy gets the ropes Dragon then breaks and follows it with a chest kick, jumping knee, backbreaker rack, Danderson then reverses the GTH, and then we get a poison Frankensteiner, Sammy gets a Boston Crab on, shifting to the lion tamer, back to the crab, as Brian crawling, and he gets the ropes for the break, GTH attempt, Dennison lands on his feet, off the ropes, and we get a Busako knee, as Dragon fired up, wrist clinched or clutched, should I say, as Guevara reverses, moonsault ddt then we go back up top senton atomico but the knees are up crucifix elbows from the american dragon rolling over then he gets a labelle lock in the middle of the ring wrenching back as hard as he can sammy wavers trying to crawl danielson then bends his free arm back arm trap label lock it's done it's dusted it's over as brian danielson ends up winning the third fall and final fall by submission with an arm trap label lock winning the overall match Two two one. This was a great match. Sammy actually showed that he actually started to learn psychology and how to tell a story in the ring. Thanks to Brian Danielson. I, I don't we know. We saw a more
9: meaner version. We saw him working heel
4: for once, dude.
9: Yeah, I'm not sure that Sammy has actually learned anything. Um,
4: I think he has, dude. I think this is a huge step. I mean, this is more than we've ever seen from Sammy, dude. You got to give him that.
9: Yeah, but again, like. It has a lot to do with the guy that he's in there with. I've never trained as a professional wrestler. I'm pretty sure I could have a pretty good match with Brian Danielson. He's that good. Um, no doubt, true. And okay, listen. So, the, so I mean, the story of this match, the the reason why it worked, you know, in terms of psychology, was Sammy Guevara very much focusing on the head, which we know to be an injury point for Brian Danielson. Um, It's smart. It's like you said vicious. It comes across like I'm a real heel like I'm trying to hurt this person. Good. Very good there. Um, The other thing that I liked in terms of the psychology the storytelling was that Sammy's plan was to take a loss originally via DQ because fuck it I can take one as long as I do enough damage with this with what I'm getting disqualified for that it allows me to move on and win the rest of the match that's sure. smart um, yeah Brian Danielson is a genius and um, he's he really is like the current era equivalent in ring to a Bret Hart and I love watching him work uh, Sammy Guevara did a good job in this match I'm not going to take everything away from him um, I'm just not sure that the next time we see Sammy he's not just doing a bunch of nonsensical shit because it looks cool again I'm not sure.
4: Well, um, I'm hoping he's learned from this matchup because he impressed me for once in terms of his in-ring work, working in the heel style. He was actually pretty fucking, he was going pretty hard, harder than usual. And he told, he was able to tell a story, yes, thanks to Danielson, but it doesn't matter. He actually attempted it for once to actually do the right thing. So And he did it, you know what I mean? That's more than I've ever seen from Sammy Guevara. I'm not going to hold it on him because I guess he's still learning. But surely he actually changes his ways because he's much better when he does. And tonight proved it. So we'll see what what happens. But you know what, Chris, man? We have done an hour and 30 minutes of the PWC Wednesday night skirmish, which is pretty much standard when you think about it, dude. I mean, we we always do this at least. I mean, maximum we go is two hours (laughs) But uh, let's not go two, because I'm happy to go one in 30. But tell them where they can find you, my man.
9: You can find me on Twitter. I am at Chris Ams1. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, Chris Ams, uh, Christopher Ams. Uh, go ahead and search me out. Um, you can find me. my uh, you know my, my fingerprints are all over things that are on the PWC. And um, oh, do I want to make do I want to make this announcement? I'm uh, I'm I'm working on some episodes of the Far Center, so if you're if you're a long-time no. listener, you you might be looking forward to something like that for me in the future here. So working on some stuff. That
4: sounds actually quite good and interesting, as a matter of fact, Bruce. I wonder what the subjects will be. Nevertheless, when do you
9: think we'll get a release? Actually, Otto, Bruce. Uh, probably next week I've uh, I've already kind of written out the script for it and I just need to actually get some time to record um, it'll basically be about um, why I think you should have the right to vote but you shouldn't necessarily vote all the time if you don't know what the fuck you're talking about I'm glad you have the right but not everybody should vote all the time if in the other words- reason you're voting is because Puff Daddy told you to in an infomercial don't vote and you know in Australian fucking
4: terms in other words if you're a dumb cunt don't vote He's yeah. <laughs> straight up.
9: Like. Dumb cunts shouldn't vote. They should have no. the right to vote, but they shouldn't no, they, vote.
4: they Just stay away. Stay away. Just stay that way somewhere that way. Anyway, he's saying that Chris if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at the PWC Network and at DJ Mass Effects. Please like and subscribe right here at the PwC where you'll find all our shows and Chris's future shows in the fast center making a comeback. Also, please like and subscribe at channelattitude.com where for five bucks you get to hear me, Chris, Jargo, Lipman, whoever, talk AEW and in particular, Rampage every Friday is on channelattitude.com so look out for that for 5 bucks. and also please like and subscribe at hamimmediagrip.podbring.com where you can find all our affiliate shows and in saying that, Chris I'm Jimmy T he's the playboy, Chris Hams and you've been listening and watching the PwC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PwC Network and we're out, see yous Pasa fuera Pasa fuera
1: al parche Of
3: crap,
1: I hate rap. I like NASCAR racing, Richard Petty's still the king. Yeah, they call me a redneck, but you know that's a beautiful thing. There's only one thing that I hate, cause it's a bunch of crap. I hate rap. a bunch of crap, I hate rap, there's only one thing that I hate, cause it's a bunch of crap, I hate rap, rap is crap, rap is crap. Rap is crap.
0: Injured, but he had to do it desperate times for desperate measures, and that's what we just witnessed right there by Beretta. But man, how much did that affect that knee? And Beretta struggling to get to a vertical base. Jade Lethal up, but he beats a chop from Trent Beretta, and now the elbow strike. I talked earlier about the guts and determination of Trent Beretta. We are seeing it on display right here tonight. Whoa, look at that. Hung on to his grip, he got that, got a good over grip on that. Oh, he's going for half and half, I think, Eric. Yeah, is. switches to half and half, and Lethal, the back of his head, coming down hard on the canvas. You saw Baretta, I believe he grabbed the trunks real quick and the front ref couldn't see it. Sometimes you do that because your hand can slip off of someone's perspiration, their sweat on their stomach. Sure, good point. Thank you. Baretta looking for the DDT, but Jay Lethal Countered, now steps through so they can figure Ooh, whoa out again by hey. the Hard into that top oh. turnbuckle. Oh, man, he got shot out of a cannon. man. That could, that could have broken his teeth or cracked a jaw the way he hit. I mean, that's there's a- still cannons? I don't know. Maybe I dated myself. Wow. The cover by Baretta to and no. Trent Baretta. He is He's trying and he's fighting hard here. Yeah, Jay Lethal, as we saw in in picture-in-picture, wrapping that figure four on the leg of Trent Beretta on the outside and kicking at the knee, trying to do everything he can to, to inhibit the mobility of Trent. Yeah, you know, you gotta figure Jay Lethal senses that, you know, Beretta is building some momentum, and right now, Jay's in trouble up there. Lethal. Uh-oh. On the top with Beretta. going to try half and half I think up here? he is. Yeah. Oh my, oh, my God. Avalanche. Half and half. Oh, lethal. Wow. Thrown three quarters of the way across the ring and then the knee strike. Moretta comes flying in. Now's his moment. He better take advantage of it right now. Lasted Lethal right there. Oh, wait. Sanjay Dutt on the apron. He's going for the strong zero, it looked like, right? Yeah, but... On, on that knee, that could've been disastrous, but Danhausen, talk about disastrous. Oh boy, Danhausen's gonna be a splat. It's too big to curse. Oh, oh yeah, baby! Oh, hit yeah, back, oh, oh, no, oh. baby! Oh! Satton just laid out Danhausen, and the kick to the knee by Jay Lethal. Massive head of Satton. Oh God. And now Lethal, oh. Looking for the lethal Jackson. He hits it. Jay, he covers and he gets the win. This match.
5: Jay, lethal. Yeah,
0: a lot of moving parts towards the end of that thing, but lethal, he got the victory. I mean, from the moment that lethal emerged from that tunnel, that shot block on Trent Moretti, it was almost all. Jay Lethal this entire match. Oh, there's that lethal injection, and he popped it off perfectly. But you're right, Excalibur, attacking that knee before Bereda could even get down this ramp to start the match was key. And our colleague, Tony Schiavone, with a microphone in hand, I believe he's gonna try to get a word with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Saddam Singh. Okay, uh, Sanjay Duttick. Hey, shut up, Shabani. Sit down.
3: Do you see what I did last week? I run this place, so sit down. I said say, sit down. I promised a huge surprise last week, and I delivered, we delivered our good friend, the Hall of Famer, the legendary Jeff Jarrett.
0: Oh, there he is. Jeff's in the house. And the guitar in hand. Darby Allen left bloody one week ago by Jeff Jarrett and that guitar. That's right, Sanjay. That's right. After
2: over a million views of the debut of The Last Outlaw, it's very apparent. The question is, why is the last outlaw in AEW wrestling? Well, I'm gonna, shut the hell up. I'm gonna tell you exactly why. When a friend calls, a friend shows up and that's exactly what Jeff Jarrett did. I showed up to help and put a plan together and we started last week. You're probably wondering how are the four of us guys connected, I'm gonna tell you. This guy right here, Jay Lethal, I signed him to his very first contract. He's oozed Batismo his entire career. He's got wins over the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Sting, and yes, he even became a Grand Slam champion in Ring of Honor. Son Jay Dutt has an IQ of 181. Do I need to say anymore? We've taken over promotions all over the globe. And Sotnam, come on up here, Sodnum. This is a legit seven foot five giant. Cameraman started his feet and pan up, slope band. This isn't no make-believe monster who wears red skinny jeans and is produced by the Banana Nose Circus. No, this guy is one in a billion. Why he one in a billion? That's the name of his Netflix special. He's the only player in the history of the NBA, the history of the National Basketball Association to be born and bred in India. So Sting, Darby Allen, you here, I'm calling you out. Darby, we put you in a bar- body bag last week. Sting, we're gonna put you in a body bag. We'll take you on. Are you winding me up? Don't you ever wind me up. Do you understand me? I'm putting a challenge out right now. Tonight in Dynamite, next week on Dynamite, or full Gear. Don't ever wind me up
0: again. Do you hear me? Well, that's that's one of our stage managers. Jeff Jarrett completely classless by Jarrett right here. Yeah, How yeah, dare yeah, he to someone? Well, Jeff Jarrett aligned here with Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutton, Satnam. He's in picture-in-picture, we saw W. Morrissey, Boom. a difference maker, behind the referees back. No doubt about it. Big Boot Jones right there, right to the mush. I tell you, Morse a difference maker. He really is. Many levels. And Look at that. We saw Stokely Hathaway. He came out with the gun club, or excuse me, the guns. He dapped them up, and then he went to the back to focus with Ethan Page on that upcoming AEW World Championship Eliminator match with Eddie Kingston still to come here tonight. Yeah, that we. This, oh. job, this eight-man and a great one so far. Just the beginning of a great program that's going to culminate with that best two out of three fall match. Yeah, we're loaded tonight for sure here on Dynamite. And Colton Gunn, inside the legal man, takes Dax into the corner, Colton, nobody home in the corner, Dax makes the tag to Anthony Bowens! Wow, big line right to oof! Nice right hand chop, he's going to town, Bowens. This kid's a great athlete, man, he can do a lot of things. Anthony Bowens won half the AEW World Tag Team Champions. As we mentioned, he and Castor will look to defend those titles at Full Gear Saturday, November 19th, coming up on Pay-Per-View. Oh, big duck right there by Bowens, a kick to the sternum. Up kick, he's on fire, man. And Bowens over the top, the leg drop coming down. The far leg is hooked, and no! Super close right there, but not enough. Uh-oh. Bowens without anybody to tag out to. Austin Gunn cleaning innocence on the oh, floor. Now a little double team coming up here. Oh, wait, look at, they use a big wow, rig. A big rig, how about that? The big rig on Bowens, is this going to do it for the guns? One, two, no, Caster there to break it up. Yeah, great save by Max Castor right there to save his partner. Now was, why I would, think Bowles was done there, Shivani. Yeah, why would they use the big rig to try to win a match just to show up? FTR, maybe. Absolutely, I, I they, think so. Tick them off. They have been trying to tick off as you as you said, Taz. FTR, yep. left and right, and this has been going on for weeks now. Oh, look at this! Look at this show of force on the left side there. Oh, there! Everybody's manning up on either side. Look at this. Yeah, this is four on four deal. Here we go. Good luck to the referee. <laughs> they are teeing off on one another as keith lee in the corner with bowens and ftr clearing, well almost clearing the ring in there goes colton good cash tough landing right there both men yeah it's a good call ted both men yeah landed very hard that, and now swerve strickland isolated in the corner in the corner by the acclaimed oh wait keith lee just popped up Bowens. bones went for a work on run a reversal and oh no! Oh! The Power oh! Powerbomb onto the back of Caster, Keith Lee and Swerve working together! And Tez, just what I said earlier, when they click, Swerve and our glory are unstoppable. Yeah, that that definitely, that double-team deal was tremendous chemistry day, and cohesiveness. Look at this, look at this teamwork. And Swerve with the tornado to the floor, taken out! Everybody! Yeah! <laughs> about everybody did he really change his direction in midair that time it looked like he could go with a forward flip and then he just oh let's take a look if you want to know here it is my friend there you go yeah he did yeah he went from (laughs) north to south and west and east a little bit that's right it looked like colton gunn was trying to collect everyone on the floor and he got a little friendly fire but dax just swept out the leg of keith lee And now Dax throwing a big right hand into the jaw of Austin Gunn. Yeah, Dax is the man, buddy. He can bring it right down there. Uh-oh. Oh, God. Oh, 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 oh! And he brought Cole the Gunn down the hard way. Wow is right. Dangerous stuff, man. You can get pop on a guy's yeah. boot, getting you in the head, all the yeah. stuff. Bang heads. Yeah, especially if you got your back to everybody, right? Like yeah. Dax does. And yeah, that is really, man, what a shot there. And understandably, all eight men slow to rise. This has been a very physical start to Dynamite here tonight. Dax is up and ready to go. He chucks Austin Gunn in. Dax has some serious intent in those eyes, I'll tell you that. Yeah, and, and, and Austin Gunn has been making it a, a point to, to try to imitate Dax, to show him up, to tease him. Maybe he'll pay for it here, one on one a little bit. I don't know, Austin's looking pretty good right now. <laughs> well, swing and on miss. The legs swept out. Dax. A little sharpshooter coming out. Yeah, that sharpshooter's in right there, buddy. Dax turns the corner. Sharpshooter locked in. Austin Gunn reaching for the ropes, trying to force the break. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's Colton. Colton with a, just an unabated right hand into the face. Hey, a little brotherly love right there. Help his brother out. Yeah, Dax was all caught up in that sharpshooter. Nothing he could do to defend it. Oh, wait. Bowens. Came in the arrival by Uh-oh. Anthony Bowens. Watch Caster. Watch Caster. Max Caster. Mike drop. And here it is, Big Rig, the real one. The cover by Bowens. Two and three. Yeah, baby. They are your winners. FTR and the Acclaim. Well, a great win for the acclaimed and FTR to kick us off here on Dynamite. Tremendous matchup right there by all eight athletes. And that thing was wild. What a way to
10: kick off the show. I got a big question for you. You haven't been seen on AEW television since the firm's brutal attack. So with your big match heading into full gear for the world heavyweight title, how you feeling? How am I feeling? Um, you know, after the firm attacked me in a very cowardice fashion... Uh, doctors informed me that if I wanted to be 110% come full gear, I definitely shouldn't be traveling on the road. And to be frank, the only thing I'm worried about is that match at full gear against John Moxley. See, this is the most important match in my entire career. But what I don't think wrestling fans understand is this is also possibly the most important match in the history of our sport. Allow me to explain why. This could be the potential crowning of the next face of the next generation of professional wrestling. You see, every once in a while, every once in a blue moon, really, we see people that lead the charge of a generation bring professional wrestling to new heights. Guys like Bruno Sammartino, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair, guys like Hulk Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, John Cena, all of these men were generational talents. And that is exactly who MJF is. So here's what's gonna happen. All I have to do to etch my name into history is to have a long fruitful world title reign and the only person that's getting in my way is John Moxley. Now I'm not gonna sit here, big cat. I'm not gonna sit here and I'm not gonna pretend that John Moxley is an easy competitor to beat. See I don't like you John. I think you're a low-life scumbag piece of shit. I think you're from the slums of Cincinnati and I think you have absolutely no class but I do respect you. Because John, you weren't born to be a world champion. Matter of fact you were born with two left feet and not one single athletic bone in your body. However, I respect you because you had to work your ass off to become the man that you are today. Blood, sweat, tears, sacrifices. You had to defy all the odds doing 15-hour drives to wrestle in front of 15 people for $15. And you did it over and over and over again, honing your craft until eventually you did the damn near impossible, John Moxley. You became the best professional wrestler on God's green earth. But know this. Come November 19th, you're about to lose that handle because... I was born to not just be a professional wrestler, but to be the professional wrestler. I'm the guy who can come on the number one sports podcast in the world, pardon my take. I'm the guy who can do movies, TV shows, commercials, talk shows, and I can wave the flag of the AEW brand in hell. I can wave the flag of professional wrestling and bring pro wrestling back to where it belongs as something that everyone is talking about. Every single wrestling fan, promoter, analyst, and pundit is fully aware that that throne is for the taking and I'm the one who's going to take it. I'm so sick of waiting my turn. Ever since I entered AEW, I've had to get the spotlight stolen from me in my big moments. My first ever singles pay-per-view match the spotlight was on a neck tattoo my first-ever world title shot which was against you John Moxley when you cheated the spotlight was on Matt Hardy taking a fall like Humpty Dumpty the first-ever blood and guts match I am standing atop of the cage with a crimson mask I prevailed that should have been my crowning moment instead the spotlight was on Chris Jericho speaking of Chris Jericho He stole the spotlight for me from a full calendar year and then on my big return the spotlight was on a press conference We'll know this John on November 19th at Full Gear in the tri-state area, Newark, New Jersey, in the Prudential Center. I am not waiting for the spotlight anymore. I am grabbing it, and you are going to have to take it out of my cold, dead hands, John. Your boy William Regal bet on the wrong horse. I don't need a dynamite diamond ring to knock your lights out. Cause come Full Gear, the devil gets his due.
0: Will it be Eddie Kingston or will it be all-ego Ethan Page? Kingston with the suplex, the cover, but Page with the kick out. Oh, Stokely's panicking on that because that was super close for Eddie to move on and Ethan would be out. Yeah, this is a single elimination tournament, win or go home. And as we mentioned, the winner of the tournament will get a shot at the AEW World Champion. Whether it is John Moxley, whether it is MJF, that will happen at Dynamite. Winter is coming. Both men going blow for blow here. got to be careful throwing punches with a guy like Ethan Page. He's got a black belt in taekwondo, so he knows how to strike well. And he's striking well right now, Taz, Yes, sir. He is, Shivani. These guys are going toe-for-toe. Toe. That's Eddie Kingston, right? He's a brawler for brawlers, man. That's him. He's a modern-day Terry Funk. And I think Ethan Page knows that he can generate more torque, more force. If he has his feet underneath him, but likewise, Eddie Kingston can as well as he continues to punish Ooh. Ethan Page with those chops. Like, oh, he got him with a ridge hand across the neck, too, there. And then a DDT. The cover. Eddie, oh, Eddie, very close. Oh, man, that was so close. Kingston almost advanced. Almost. I thought it was interesting on that exchange that Ethan was going for the forearm shots, Eddie was going for the fist shots. So they had just different, different styles. At the end of the day, they're all strikes, you know what I mean, Tony? So you're just trying to wear down your opponent's head, catch him on the button on the jaw or something. No matter if you're a striker with forearms. or for Kingston looking for an exploder, exploder possibly. But Ethan Page using those downward elbow strikes to hammer out of it and then another big wind up and an elbow across the jaw. Kingston reverses. He's got the hook and there's the exploder! Yeah, good job on that throw by Eddie. Good back arch on the suplex. Good explosion of the hips. Kingston dragging Ethan Page towards the center. Look at this. The stretch plum is locked in. We've He's got him. He's, He's, tappy. Tappy. He's tapping. Tappy tappy He's tapping. He's tapping off for sure. Eddie, Eddie, stay on it. Eddie, don't let go. You had him. Eddie, stay on that hole. Ed- Damn. Oh no. He had it. Ortiz just. Ortiz saw it. Eddie Kingston had Ethan Page tapping out and... I think Eddie lost his cool. he shouldn't let go, he wanted to get his hands on Stokely, he He had that stretch plum in. He won the damn match! Oh! The high boot across the jaw, the Hurrican misses! Oof! Roundhouse kick, did you see? Kingston just crumbled to his knees! Knocked him out, I think, with that kick, guys, on the button. I mentioned his Taekwondo background, he showed up with that high round kick. Ethan Page on target with the round kick, the roundhouse kick, and now ascending to the top. Well, Eddie's trying to get to his feet. I don't think he can. Well, there he is. High stakes oh, okay. here. Who's going to advance in this world title eliminator here? Ethan's tapped on Well, well the ref didn't see it. Yeah, obviously. You're right. You're right. And Eddie Kingston—he's had so much success oh, with that, that stretch plum as of late. Five straight wins, and now Ethan. Oh wait. Oh, Ethan Page—he just shoved Kingston forward onto the turnbuckle. Did hard. Oh, you heard Eddie yell out in pain. Uh oh. oh. God. Kingston. And he's gonna to try to fight. He's out of trying to fight he's trying, it. But, he is trying. But Ethan Page, he's got one this arm. This is grips. oh man, this is dangerous, guys. Oh my god. And now oh, can he get this? Two. Oh what oh oh god, god, that's a big man. Oh, now! impressive Avalanche! Eagles edge! One, two, three!
2: What, what a battle!
0: Him? Oh, Ego, Ethan! Hey, what a freaking battle there, guys. And now we know all ego Ethan Page, the first man to advance to the semifinals of the AEW World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Ethan Page will face the winner of Bandito and Roosh, which takes place this Friday night at Rampage. No Limit Studios. What's up? Who this is? Who this is? Look at
3: this rapper fucking tell you. Who is this? Oh, uh, this P. P. Yeah, it is P. P. If yeah. P. Let me hear you say, uh.
0: <laughs> this ain't no motherfucking P.
3: Hang phone.
2: Listen, they're just get ready.
3: we will be Go, stretch it out like elastic. Zip that ass up in plastic. Have your folks picking it from drastic. i package is homegrown in the ghetto. So feel the wrath of this sister. It's like you're fighting ten niggas. Forget the baby boys. It's the biggest, Mama Mia. The unlady like diva. Lyric old man, either believer or steer. And get that ass embarrassed. If you're a decision maker, guaranteed you'll get carried away. So stay in your place when you hear Mama speaking. Cannon spray clear the way when you see the tank creeping. Oh! Uh.
0: Head is from that steel chair in that first fall where does brian danielson get this second year from or got a lot of year? fire a lot of heart a lot man. of years of battle
8: and oh man those are haymakers
0: he just i can't believe he is still standing again the thumb the fingers in the open wound and also we believe that danielson might have a broken nose because that nose was bleeding heavily also we got to give Guevara some credit man he a lot taken, of credit he oh. is taking the fight right to the Right to Brian Daniels. This list has been a great show tonight, and this has been a hell of a main event. A oh, main event, and we are well on the road to full gear. Remember, it will be Guevara, oh, Danielson, Casaglia, and Jericho—the Ring of Honor World Championship Four-Way Match at Full Gear. Oh, here we go. Sammy, sit up. Sit up. Out ah, of money or not. Uh, I'll tell you what the momentum looks like it's kind of shifting here towards danielson again this is one to one right now this is the rubber fall a rubber match
9: you see the matches
0: we have for rampage coming up jr will join us for that program and we've got a lot of world title eliminator tournament matches sammy guevara fighting out of the grip of brian danielson on the top rope guevara oh what a leaping knee and and sent to the floor. Every time Danson tries to build some momentum, Guevara shuts him down. It's been just great stuff, likely enough by Sammy. What the hell is he up to here? Yeah, he's wrestling a great match. You got it... no. Go!
3: Shooting star! Press to the floor!
0: Didn't get it all, but he got enough to take down. Yeah, but he's, hurt. he's hurt too, Taz. I yeah. Know. Sammy Guevara. Look at it one more time. Taking a page. Out of one of Chris Jericho's old rivals, Thunderbird Brett Como, who used to use that shooting star press to the floor. Wow! Wow! It's always in my top ten, listed. Yeah, man. Yes. Where are you pull that one out, brother? And now Guevara the double jump, the cutter, the counter oh, by Nelson. that Oh, that got that off bar Counter a uh, turn, and turn that the bell lock. Sammy Guevara trapped center of the ring. It's gonna, in. it's gonna be it! It's gonna be it! Good luck getting out of that. It brings them to their feet here in Boston. Go on, Brian. That left, I'm sorry, that right arm, Hameloff with that quad. That's tough to get out. You gotta Damn. get to the rope. You ain't getting out of that. And the, the hand on the rope forcing the break by Brian Danielson. Ken Danielson follow up, guys. He's been beat the daylights, man. The to daylight. Those kicks, so. You can see the redness all over the chest of Guevara. Said before when those hands come together. You're in trouble. Swing and a miss. Leaping knee by Sammy. Yeah, great oh, strike. He's looking for a GTH once again. That's oh. how he won his first fall. Correct. And he's gonna win his second right here. Sammy's got it! G- oh. No, Guevara! lost grip of Danielson. Now Danielson reverse hook and holy smokes he planted his ass and look at gangerson is trying to just get some momentum and feed off our live audience here in boston oh, god what a match what a match daniel said <laughs> boost
5: psycho knee, but no
0: guevara what hung a on. Count. he's got a single leg grip no a boston go the walls of jericho by sammy guevara unbelievable Or oh, a boston crab in boston but he's got it in oh now the lion tamer Could this be a preview of what we're going to see in full game? Jericho's got to be loving it. I would if I was Chris. Danielson's in grave danger here. Brian Danielson digging the elbows, making that army crawl to the Roast to Force. His break. Oh, I'll say it again. What a struggle this has been for both men. What a battle. You can see the the face of Guevara. He was very disappointed. Talk about two out of three falls, man. It's one to one. Who's gonna win the, the, the last and final four? Guevara looking for the GTH once again. Yes. And Danielson uh, lands on his feet. Swing a miss by Guevara. needs that time it rocked up. Covering Brock, come on, Sunshine, come on. Not, You're not right, Riggle, he's gotta get that on. cover. He should've went for the cover. Instead, he's getting too fired up here. I mean, I Riggle, I'm with you, I think he had him. Uh-oh. D- oh, wait. Sammy Guevara, he changed to a yeah. knuckle lock and now. Good God. DDT by Sammy Guevara! That was unbelievable, guys, the way he hit that. Sammy's not done. Sammy sprung to the top rope, landed the back flipping DDT, and now, Sentai to Tabako, Danielson, the knees up. And Danielson locks in the crucifix and the barrage of elbows. Right on the button. Those are right on the button, point of the elbow across the whole jawline. You guys realize what we're watching? This is phenomenal. unbelievable. It is incredible. And Danielson once again transitions into the LaBelle lock. Sammy Guevara in deep water, center of the ring. Sammy's got Sammy. to try to get to the rope. Turnabout's fair play. S grip across the face, nose. Tough to breathe. You watch that right hand. Sammy Guevara on the verge of tapping out. He's gonna get to that bottom rope. He desperately needs the rope break. He's gotta watch as he's reaching. That could be called a tap if he reaches and his hand falls. That, that's a good call. A good call. There we go, Brian. There we go. It's, over- it's that now. Danielson adjusts his grip. Both arms captured. John is gonna have to tap his shoulder Brian, on top of his foot he's going out. Wow.
8: Here is your winner. The American
0: Dragon! Oh, oh, Danielson! What a battle! Sammy Guevara submits Brian Danielson, two falls to one, wins the main event here on Dynamite and heads into full gear and the Ring of Honor four-way match with a ton of momentum. There was the finish, the verbal submission by Sammy Guevara. And on Saturday, November 19th, full gear, it's Jericho versus Claudio Castagnoli, Sammy Guevara, and Brian Danielson. Then this Friday night at Rampage, Jungle Boy, Christian Cage, and Luchasaurus face-to-face, plus the main event, the All-Atlantic Championship match, Orange Cassidy and Lee Johnson. We'll see you Friday night for Rampage on TNT.